This week on Viewpoints. We are social beings and we build our sense of self in community with other people. The deepening mental health crisis in adolescence. Then... On average, annually, diamond exports are about $3 billion a year from Russia. A look at the diamond trade that's fueling Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Thinking about gas mileage? Quality oil like Mobile One Full Synthetic can help you get more out of every mile. Got an older vehicle? Try Mobile One Full Synthetic High Mileage. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $37.99. Get what you need for better fuel efficiency at any of our 6,000 stores or on AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. By 10 a.m. on an average school day, Dr. John McDonald has already seen several middle schoolers. These students come to him because they may be struggling in class or suffering from anxiety or depression. Essentially, he's there to listen and help them find possible strategies and solutions. McDonald is a middle school guidance counselor at Brockton Public Schools, a district about 30 miles outside of Boston, Massachusetts. In his current role, he not only handles attendance, scheduling, and academic issues, but also oversees the mental health of students. This has been an especially tough position over the last couple of years with COVID-19. For kids and teenagers across the country, the pandemic threw a wrench in school routines and social activities. When the pandemic first started, I think that the overwhelming, I guess, attitude, I think the kids were actually happy. You know, they were like, oh, this is great. I don't have to go to school. I can stay home. And for the first maybe two or three weeks, I think the kids kind of liked it. And then after that, we started to see a really a large lack of engagement. Kids were disappearing. And this happened at schools across the country. Many students were not engaged, had trouble focusing, and started slipping under the radar. McDonald says the isolation of the pandemic fed into a steep rise in mental health issues amongst many students. At Brockton, he says it's still something he's working through with kids today. We just had so many kids that were, it's like they were sitting in their rooms alone every single day. And that isolation, it plays on them. It plays with their mind. And and we had a hard time with certain kids trying to transition back into in-person learning. And we still see it. In my 23 years, I've never heard the word anxiety more than I've ever had in 23 years. Anxiety seems to be like the go-to for most of our kids that are suffering. And they just don't know what to do with it. 
They don't know how to handle it. I'm glad that we're trying to get back to normal. We have after-school programs now. We have sports are back. The masks are no longer required. So it's good to see the kids coming back. I think it's for mental health piece, it's definitely improved, but we still have a long way to go. Dr. Mary Helen Imordino-Yang echoes this statement. She sees many young people feeling incredibly overwhelmed and anxious as they head back into normal life after years of uncertainty. The one thing that is unequivocally true about our human biology and our development, which supports our wellness, is that we are communal creatures. We are social beings and we build our sense of self in community with other people. And that's been ripped away from us in a very unnatural way by the pandemic and maintaining our physical safety during the pandemic. Imordino Yang is a professor of education, psychology, and neuroscience at the University of Southern California. She's also the director of the USC Center for Effective Neuroscience, Development, Learning, and Education. We're also seeing a pattern where especially teenagers are kind of overreacting by retreating into themselves too much that the anxiety can kind of pull them away from in-person social interactions and onto more online or social media mediated interactions that can be associated with rumination and depression. In recent decades, rates of anxiety, mood disorders, and self-harm in adolescents have spiked. According to the CDC, between 2001 and 2019, the suicide rates for young people ages 10 to 19 rose 40 percent. ER visits for self-harm jumped 88 percent, and the pandemic has only exacerbated this mental health crisis. To better help struggling students, many districts across the U.S., including Brockton Public Schools, have received additional government funding that has made it possible to expand counseling departments. McDonald says that at Brockton, where there's 700 students, there's currently five counselors on staff focused on varying roles. However, he says the demand is so high right now that they would benefit from more resources. We could always use more, absolutely. I work closely with some of the local colleges. I actually teach at Quincy College. And, you know, I'm always trying to bring in really strong college students just to be mentors, because even though they're not getting paid, they're getting great experience, but just to kind of circumvent the fact that we don't have enough people. When most typically think about mentorship, it's viewed as an academic or professional growth relationship. However, McDonald argues that mentorship can also extend into improving mental health. To bridge people together, he recently implemented a program at Brockton that matches a younger student with an upperclassman. We've even had kids that aren't struggling academically, but they're struggling, you know, just socially. And, and they've come to me and they said, hey, do you think you could match me up with a mentor? And absolutely. There's always room for more. Looking past students supporting other students, Imordino Yang believes that educators need more mental health training and resources. Really, if the pandemic has taught us anything in education, it's that we just can no longer pretend that academic learning and personal growth and development are separate things in the person. We really have to learn to stitch these things back together in the way we think about and support young people and their teachers without building a Frankenstein monster, that we really have to start to appreciate that the way we feel 
is deeply connected to the way we think and the way we think is deeply connected to what we're capable of thinking about and how we learn and grow ourselves over time. While mental health has been front and center during the pandemic, Imordino Yang says there needs to be a bigger push to get more young people to understand the importance of mental health and wellness. We need parents and kids to really engage in close conversation together in person in trusting open ways around the ways that we are feeling, the ways that young people are interpreting and making sense of what they've witnessed and lived over the last two years. Otherwise, the pain that we're experiencing, the stress that we're experiencing remains kind of unresolved and is without our knowing, pushing us and pushing our our emotions in different directions that may not be good for us. And there's no shame in seeking professional help. There are many treatment options out there, ranging from counseling to psychiatric help. Imordino Yang says it's important for people to note how they're feeling on a daily basis. Take the feeling of anxiety, for instance. If it's keeping you from doing things that you know would be associated with pleasure and with happiness, right? Like hanging out with your friends or being together with your family. If you can see that you want it to be gone, but you really can't control it, that is a signal that you may need professional help and counseling to make sense of the things you're experiencing and to overcome them. As a parallel, she says that parents can also make sure their kids are staying on track with basic wellness habits. It's very difficult to feel good, to think well, to be smart, and to make sense out of the traumas you've experienced during the pandemic and manage those in a healthy way over time if, for example, you're chronically sleep deprived. We really need to make sure that basic needs like eating well, sleeping well, turning off social media and the internet overnight, these kinds of basic parameters are set for kids because it makes it very difficult and a real uphill battle to feel well when your environment is undermining your neurological and biological capacity to be well. Another factor that feeds into mental health is social media use. Yang says it's important to be cognizant about excessive screen time and limit it when possible. Getting outside and away from phones and technology can be especially beneficial for young people. Turn off your phone or leave it at home and go for a walk with your pet or with your friend or just on your own and just relax and think and observe the things that are around you and just be there in the moment now for a little while each day. You know, pulling out that time to be together with people you love or to be alone and to just rest and relax and move your body is also associated with wellness. So as you engage in those practices, you're actually setting yourself up to be able to heal. There are many different strategies and solutions to improving mental health. McDonald says that many young people are struggling currently, but it's important for them to remember that it won't always feel like this. It's interesting with any type of pandemic, there's always, there are going to be kids that are going to fall through the cracks. And what I constantly keep reminding myself is that I have 700 students in this building and I'm not going to win every battle, but we have to win the war. We have to win the big picture. The, you know, my job as a guidance counselor, obviously, is to prepare them for the next level. And we do the best we can. We hope for the best, you know, prepare for the worst. 
To find out more about this topic and our guests, Dr. John McDonald and Dr. Mary Helene Mordino-Yang, visit viewpointsradio.org. For more behind the scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Twitter and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. I'm Gary Price. Coming up, the push to get Russian diamonds out of the U.S. market when Viewpoints returns. Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever, brought to you by Kohl's. Today's topic deals on Mother's Day gifts. Moms are the best. And deserve the best, which is why I went to Kohl's and got Nike tees for under 30 bucks, jewelry for just $19.99, and slippers for under 17 bucks. Leave it to you to find all the savings. What can I say? Like mother, like daughter. Did I mention you can get an extra 15% off or even more with a Kohl's card? Your mom would be so proud. Select styles, Nike sales, May 8th. Coupons do not apply. 15% off rents May 15th. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Moments like watching my grandson steal second mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for postmenopausal women or for men with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever. Fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Diamonds hit the U.S. market in the 1940s with the famous slogan, a diamond is forever. Today, they continue to be the ultimate show of affection when placed in a piece of jewelry. It's a gem that automatically signifies love, yet it's one that's also been tied to war and bloodshed. In the 1990s, the precious stones were used to fund a series of civil wars in West African countries like Sierra Leone. This event marked the creation of a whole new type of diamond, the blood diamond. Diamonds are very small. They have a very high value-to-weight ratio. They're easy to smuggle. So unless you really put a tough regulations in place, they were ready-made for money laundering and gun running and sanctions busting. That's Ian Smiley, a conflict diamonds expert and international development consultant. Smiley started his career just out of college in the Canadian Peace Corps. He was sent to teach high school in a region of Sierra Leone where diamond mining was extensive. When civil war broke out in the country years later, he suspected diamonds were being used to fund the war. 
He then joined a Canadian NGO called Impact, which focuses on stopping the sourcing and trade of blood diamonds. The organization discovered that the rebels in Sierra Leone were stealing diamonds and using them to buy weapons. The diamond industry at that time was very much unregulated. Nobody paid very much attention to where diamonds came from. But as the campaign grew, uh, as it gathered steam in the late 1990s, the diamond industry and a number of governments began to pay attention. And gradually there were negotiations and something called the Kimberley Process certification scheme was established to basically keep tabs on and regulate the international trade in, in rough diamonds. Smiley helped form the Kimberley process in 2003. The initiative aims to keep conflict diamonds out of the global supply. It defines conflict diamonds as rough diamonds used to finance wars against governments. Unfortunately, it seems the process contains a loophole that has left Russia's invasion of Ukraine go unchecked. Russia is one of the world's largest exporter of diamonds. About a quarter of the world's diamonds are produced in Russia, mainly in the north and in Siberia and Yakutia. So, uh, you know, diamonds are a very important export for Russia. On average, annually, diamond exports are about $3 billion a year from Russia. And... Uh, Russian oligarchs have their finger in the pie. 90% of the Russian diamonds are controlled by a company called Alrosa. Alrosa is a publicly traded company, so if you wanted to buy shares in Alrosa, you could. But a third of it is owned by the Russian government. Because of this association, Alrosa is essentially helping to fund Russia's war on Ukraine. In recent weeks, the U.S. has banned the import of Russian diamonds. After the move, several big companies, such as Tiffany & Company and Pandora, showed public support for the ban. However, there's a loophole hidden in this move. Because Russia sends the majority of its rough diamonds to India for cutting and polishing, the country of origin is marked as India, not Russia. This allows the nation to still sell its diamonds on the global market. Smiley says more serious action must be taken. The cutting and polishing, because so much of it is done in India, it can't be, the diamonds couldn't be sent elsewhere easily. I mean, China has a small facility, Thailand has a small facility for cutting and polishing. Little bit is done in Israel and little bit is done in Belgium, but mostly it's India. So if you put your thumb on the choke points, India and Antwerp, and also I should mention Dubai. Dubai is a, a very important up and coming trading center for diamonds. So. You'd have to put some pressure on Dubai to make sure that they didn't simply move the markets, move the trade over there. But you could do a lot of serious damage to the Russian diamond export business with a bit of pressure on two or three major choke points. But economically speaking, how would this more stringent ban on Russia's diamonds affect the industry? The pandemic has caused a steep decline in demand for the gem. Bain & Company reports industry revenue decreased by up to 33% in 2020, and some diamond mines completely shut down during the height of the pandemic. Diamonds are starting to bounce back to pre-pandemic levels, but cutting off Russia's contribution of one-third of the world's diamonds wouldn't help the sector's recovery plan, especially in Antwerp, Belgium, where diamonds are big business. It would be tough on Antwerp. I have a lot of time and respect for the Antwerp diamond industry. They've changed their business practices and model over the last 20 years and become serious players in 
responsible diamond mining, trading, and manufacture. So it would be tough on Antwerp. It would uh, probably raise the price of diamonds. I mean, diamonds have always been controlled. Aside from Russia, diamonds are mostly found in Australia, Canada, South America, and Africa. Bain and Company reports the global diamond supply is still 20% below pre-COVID reports. It's hard to imagine the industry would want to risk a further drop in supply by cutting off Russia's contributions. But despite the loss in profits, Smiley says it's vital for leaders to take a hard stance against the war. Well, I don't think anybody would want to cut their supply of anything that's coming from Russia, I mean, unless there's a good reason for it. I mean, we're very cautious about cutting supplies of petroleum products and, and gas and other things from Russia, but we're doing it. Uh, we're, what we're trying to do is send a message to Vladimir Putin that he can't get away with what he's doing in Ukraine. As of late April, the United Nations reports that more than 11 million people have fled Ukraine since the war began on February 24th. Russia has bombed several towns and cities, killing countless numbers of innocent civilians. I think if you were to embargo Russian diamonds, you would send a very strong message, both an economic message and a political message, and not just to Russia, but to, I think, to everybody who thinks about diamonds, because diamonds are symbols of beauty and love and foreverness and that sort of thing. For them to be coming from a country where the opposite is currently being practiced just doesn't seem to make any sense. To find out more about this topic and our guest, Ian Smiley, head to viewpointsradio.org. You can purchase Smiley's books, Diamonds and Blood on the Stone, Greed, Corruption and War in the Global Diamond Trade, online or at your local bookstore. Our writer-producer this week is Kristen Farah. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Viewpoints returns in just a moment. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, starting trouble. No one likes that. We'll get you set up for some stronger starts. You might just need a fresh charge, and we'll take care of that free of charge. But if it is time for a new battery, we've got replacement batteries that'll fit your needs, starting at just $69.99. You can learn more about our battery selection at AutoZone.com. That's what makes us America's number one battery destination. Get in zone, Claim based on data from the NPD Group 2021. Welcome to Culture Crash, where we examine what's new and old in entertainment. I never owned a PlayStation 4, but I did pre-order a PlayStation 5 that I've had for a little over a month, which has meant I've spent a little more than a month devouring as many of the PS4 favorites and some PS3 favorites that I've never been able to play before. 
I've spent time playing Spider-Man, which I loved, and Madden, which remains fun even after all these years. But I was absolutely not prepared for how blown away I would be by The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. The Last of Us, which came out for PlayStation 3 in 2013 and was remastered for the PS4, tells the story of a smuggler, Joel, who has to escort a 14-year-old girl, Ellie, across the country 20 years after a zombie apocalypse. The Last of Us Part 2 picks up on the story after the events of that original game and totally subverts the audience's expectations for where things are going. The stories are incredibly dark and upsetting and extremely hard-rated mature titles, but if you're willing to explore that kind of world, they are both knockout experiences. I've played video games for most of my life, but The Last of Us was the first game I played that I found myself deeply invested in the storyline. The games delve into moral relativism and the sacrifices we're willing to make for the ones we love as well as the dangers of feeling true hatred and the cost of obsession. While video games have long been easy targets for people criticizing kids who waste their time, stories like The Last of Us show off what a rich storytelling tool video games are. The creators can make you sympathize with the characters because you are the characters. They can desensitize you to a decision or an act of violence and then flip that desensitization on its head by actually dealing with the fallout of those decisions. They can force you, the player, to do things you don't want to do, and then examine those events from another perspective, in a way that I've never experienced before. Looking back on 2020, there are several movies and television shows that I truly, truly loved, but I'm fairly certain that the best storytelling experience I had this year and the one that will stick with me most moving forward was The Last of Us Part 2. The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2 are both available on the PlayStation 4 and 5. I'm Evan Rook. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Milkshake? Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand. So you can get back to your milkshake. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, and they're like, it's better than your... Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows and find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.